we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Give him a praise. You can be seated for just a moment. The name that is above every name. Jesus, have your way today. Father, I come before you, Lord, before I go into your word today, God. I just ask you, dear Jesus, that you would be the hope inside us today, God. For those that are sitting here this morning, those that are watching at home or wherever they're at, Lord, wherever this word God reaches, God, let it be hope. God, I don't care if my name is remembered. Let your name be remembered. God, it is not about our fame. It is not about a church's fame. It is not about your people's fame. It is about your fame, your name. Let it be lifted up because it is through your name that men is saved. Lord, it is through your name that, God, the sick are healed. It is through your name, God, that great wonders, Lord, are accomplished. And, God, we just lift your name up. And, Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, in the next few moments as the word of God is shared, Lord, let our lives be opened. Lord, let our hearts be opened. And, God, let us become available for you, Jesus. Available to be used in this world. Available, God, to be more than just, Lord, happy to go to heaven, but God want to see our lives make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, John, the 21st chapter, and also Luke, the 5th chapter, and we're going to share uh, out of both of those this morning kind of some thoughts, but we're going to continue this series on the power of love. I told you a few weeks ago that there were three words God was hammering in my life at the time, and one of those was, uh, was distraction that uh, uh, the world had been, that or the church had been distracted by what's going on in this world for too long, that our attention had been removed from what God was wanting to do and what God was saying to us to what what's going on in this world. Um, we listen to, uh, we hear words of like pandemic, and we hear, hear words of, of well, uh, what's about to happen in the next few months, and people get afraid, and people get frightened, and, and, and I, I just see distraction in the body of Christ. And I shared with you last week how we have to remove the distractions, whatever it is that is keeping us from being focused on Jesus. We've got to remove those so that we can begin to focus fully on the Lord, that we've got to develop a, a, a vision for Him in our lives, amen, a vision for Jesus in our families, a vision for Jesus in our marriages. And when we do that, um, we, we lose those distractions. And so that brings me to the second word that God has been dealing with me about, and that is availability. And I want to talk to you about that today, and, and we're going to use a, a very familiar story in the Bible uh, that is found in one, one account of, uh, or one, one tale of this story. They're very similar, but they're different stories, they're different accounts. One in Luke 5 is at the beginning of Peter's ministry, and then the one we were, we're going to read in John 21 is at the close of Peter's, uh, or beginning of Peter's ministry as far as when Jesus leaves the scene. Okay, so uh, one is at the beginning of this three-year walk with Jesus. 
Jesus. One is when Jesus is about to be ascended back to the Father in John 21. And we're going to begin with John 21, uh, and we're going to share just a few verses of Scripture uh, with you that says, And after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples. Now, this is after the crucifixion, the resurrection. He says, He revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter Thomas called the twin Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his, of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, said to him we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, and, uh, boat, but that night they caught nothing. Jesus, verse 4 says, just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the nets on the, on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able uh, to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The, that the, disciples whom Je, the disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and, they threw, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging uh, the nets full of fish, for they were not far from the land. I want you to note that they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. That uh, when they got out of the out on the land, they saw the, uh, a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, "Bring some of the fish you have caught." So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so there were so many, the nets were uh, not torn. Jesus said to them, "Come and have breakfast." And so. I want you to, isn't that incredible? How many would like to have had breakfast with Jesus this morning? Um, but this is the, this is the account where uh, Jesus is getting ready. This is at the close of the book of John. And he's getting ready to leave this world and go back to the Father. And he's saying, now I'm going to entrust you guys to carry out the mission. The mission that I have to reach this world with the saving uh, grace that I've uh, purchased on the cross. And so as you get to that, um, you've got to understand that, that I, I think it's kind of peculiar that when Peter first started with Jesus, it started in the same way. And in Luke chapter 5, Jesus uh, calls Peter to ministry, and he calls Peter in a very similar way as, uh, as he would encourage him to continue on. And so in, uh, before we, we get to that... I I just want to, to share with you just a, a, a quick little illustration I think is kind of good. I asked God a question many times in my, my life. This is given from a minister quote uh, book. It's, it's a pastor writing this. He says, I've asked God the question many times in my life, many times when I visited people all week long and I begged people to come to church on Sunday, but still 50% of them came and the others d decided not to. That's pretty good odds nowadays if you can get 50% of the people you ask to come. But when I say nothing about poor attendance, it usually ends up being my fault, or when I say something, it's my fault why people don't come to church. I spend eight to ten hours preparing a sermon that God has given us, and as everyone walks out uh, of here, they're telling me what a great sermon it was. But nothing seems to really change. We will understand today that the, that the number one problem to, for many Christians is not that they are not hearing, it's just that they are not available. 
And I, I want you to understand what it means to become available to the Lord. Real quickly, I want us to go to the book of Luke, and I want us to read just real quickly in Luke's gospel, uh, verses 1 through 11 of chapter 5. And it says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him on to hear uh, the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, uh, which is the ancient name for the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. Same location, by the way. Um, so same, same body of water that we read about just a few minutes ago. So this is the beginning, though. This is when the introduction comes to the disciples. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out, uh, out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, or Peter's, he asked him to put out a little far from land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out, uh, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we told all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they, they, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch that they had taken. And so, and, and so also were James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men and when they had brought their boats to the land they left everything and followed him I want you to, to kind of take note of that so let's jump into this this morning about being available Peter's boat was available for Jesus verses 2 through 4 of, uh, of, of Luke teach us this um, that he saw these boats by the lake they were not abandoned the fishermen had walked away to wash their nets and, and, and get their gear put away for the, for the day and he got into one of the boats which belonged to Peter Peter's boat was available to the Lord he sat down he began to teach the people and when he had finished speaking he told him to put out into the deep in verse 4. He said, launch out into deeper water. And then, uh, so he did. And he said, put down and catch some fish. Jesus used Simon's boat. Why? Because, number one, it was available. And God, can, God will not use that which is not made available to him. If you will make things available to him, God will use them. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. Because it was available, it was ready for the master's use. It was ready for Jesus' purpose to be carried out. Simon was willing to give what he had to the Lord. Uh, your boat may, the boat may represent a lot of different things this morning. Our abilities, our talents, our possessions. Uh, it, can, it can represent just numerous things. Um, I know that every Christian likes to serve the Lord but maybe worries about not being gifted enough. In other words, there's a lot of times we know we need to do something for God, but we look around and we say, but that person's better equipped or that person has a better grip on things. But I want you to understand today that God is not looking for those who have, have all, uh, all the qualifications met. He's looking for those who will make themselves available to be used. And if I make myself available to the Lord, he can use what I have. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into this in just a moment. But again, making our lives available. There's a difference between being available and, and not being available. There, a, a, again, how many of you realize uh, you got a doctor's appointment, you want to go see your doctor, you want your doctor. You call them up and they say, we can't see you today. 
Doctor's not available. That, how, how frustrating that is. I don't want to talk to this guy. Well, if you're really sick, go to, go to urgent care. Go to the ER. And what do we do? It's like, man, I don't want to hold on until the doctor can see me. Uh, uh, he's not available. Listen, we live in a life that is, is gauged by appointments and availability. In other words, um, you know, how many of you have ever wanted something and you've, you, know, you go on Amazon or Walmart.com because we don't like to walk in stores anymore because we're going to be safe. And so we, we order it. And, what, and it says, this item is not available. This item is out of stock. I want you to understand something that God is ready for his people to quit every time he clicks your name to use you for something seeing out of stock and not available. He is ready for us to become open and available and ready to be used by him. And when he does use us, great things can happen. Don't give up when experiencing hard times. And don't give up just because you feel like you're limited. There's too many times we're waiting on everything to align, everything to become perfect before we say yes to the Lord. But I've got news for you that it doesn't always happen that way. Doesn't always, how many of you that are married always, well, when, when it's the perfect time, when we, you know, when we can afford it, we'll have kids. You'll never have kids. You'll never have kids because you'll never. I, I, t- I, 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 I was talking early service and I said, when I was dating Tina, somebody said her maiden name is Flowers. They said, when you going to marry that Flowers girl? And, and, and uh, I, I said, well, I said, we're dating right now. We, you know, I, we weren't talking marriage at that point. We'd just been going out a little while. And they looked at me and this older man, I was in a revival and he said, two can eat as cheap as one. That's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. Two can't eat. I ain't sharing. Come on, come on. Anybody ever been out, on, you know, out with somebody and say, you, know, you want a dessert? No, I'll just have a little bit of yours. No, you won't. Amen. Amen. Now you can say it's COVID. No, you won't. No, I just don't want to share. Amen. What are you saying? No, you can't even share. That's, that, the math does not add up, okay? What are you saying? We want to become available to the Lord. We want to be used of God. God does not, listen, I love this statement. If you don't remember a lot out of this message, I want you to remember this. God does not ask, uh, ask about your abilities or your, inab- your ability or your inability. He asks about your availability. He is not interested in your abilities or your inabilities. Too many times, God wants to move in our lives. God wants to use us. God wants to work in us. But we look and we say, I don't have the ability to do that, God. Or, I, uh, you know, or I mean, why don't you use something I do have the ability to do, God? And God says, I didn't ask you about your ability to do it or your inability to do it. I asked you about your availability. Are you available to me? Because guess what? I formed the worlds. I formed the oceans. I scooped them out with my hands. I made man by the dust of worthless dust, breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. What I'm trying to tell you is I'm not really interested in what you have to offer except for you. If you'll give me you, I can do great things in your life. If you'll just give me you. Amen. And I will use you in ways that you don't have the ability to do. Because when God uses us to do things that we don't have the ability to do, it doesn't give glory to us. It gives glory to Him. And I'm here to tell you, we ought to be about giving God the glory. 
Come on, he wants to use you. So he's not interested in your abilities or your inabilities. He's interested about your availability. I'll give you a quick illustration of this. We've read these stories about Simon and the disciples. You know what? They were fishermen by trade. And they were, because they were fishermen, they knew how to handle boats. Amen? They knew what they were doing. But how many times did they take, did they, they and, and, you know, Jesus put them in impossible situations and they realized, I got to have his help to pull this off. In other words, we read last week about the fish and the bread, right? And the little boy had the lunch, and, and what does Jesus challenge him with at the beginning? He says, you give the multitude something to eat. And they're blown away by this. So we can't do this. We don't have enough money to buy enough bread for these people to have a little crumb apiece. And then he said, but all we do have is this little boy's offering what he has. He's making it available to you. And God took that which was the ordinary, blessed it, broke it. It became the extraordinary, and it blessed multitudes of people because of someone willing to make it available. Okay? So we talked about that. But immediately following this story, it gets really good in Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus finally seemingly gives the disciples a job they can do. He looks at them and he says, let's go to the other side of the lake. Let's go to the other side of the sea. And guess what? Since they were fishermen, they knew how to handle boats. They had been doing this since childhood. And, and, and finally, can you see a smile on their face? Yes, something we can do. Something that is not impossible for us. And they get in the boat, and guess what? Their abilities fail them. All of a sudden, a wind comes that's contrary to them. A wind comes against them. And they labor all day, all night long into the wee hours of the morning, and they can't even row a mile because every time they get a little further, a little ways, the wind blows them back. What are you saying? God was trying to teach them a lesson. It is not about your ability. It is about you placing your life in my hands. Give me your boat. Give me your nets. And watch what I'll do. Watch what I'll do. Church, it is not about how available we are, how, uh, how, how able we are, or how unable we are. It is about us saying, God, we are available to you. Amen. Amen. Jesus used Simon's boat. Why? Because it was available. It was ready to be used. Uh, but this, this can represent so many different things in, in our lives. Every day, you're going to be trained by the Lord if you're following him. Every day, he's going to give you more, more wisdom, more understanding in order that you may serve him to the best of your ability. Amen. To your best of your ability. But when your abilities fail, that's where faith comes in. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There have been times I've prayed to the best of my ability to see God move and then when I get to the place where I prayed every prayer I know how to pray I've done everything to try to get God to react the way that, I, that he needs to react and I begin to say God I just can't do it anymore I surrender to you he steps in and does in a moment what I couldn't do in a lifetime just because I began to be available to him amen now one thing you need to understand that in order for God to do, do this, you've got to be willing to do what verse 4 teaches us in Luke 5. Verse 4 says that he put out into the deep or he launched out into the deep. Very first thing that Jesus said is, I've got your boat, I've got your attention, we got everything, we need to catch some fish. He says, you know what, I've done this all night long, I can't, do, you know, we didn't get, had no luck. He says, well, we got to launch out into deep, into the deep to get some fish. 
That's what Jesus tells him. Some of us have got to quit splashing in the shallows of our Christian experience and launch out into deeper water and let God's Spirit lead us into uncharted territory so that He can harvest what He needs to out of our lives. I'm telling you, some of us, we've splashed around in the pool of religion and it's refreshed us. And God is saying, come to deeper water. Launch out. Launch out into deeper water. The psalmist says deep calls unto deep. God is calling to some of us who have been happy with just knowing we're going to heaven. Knowing we got a John 3.16 experience, he's saying to some of us, you've got to get beyond just being saved into a deeper walk with me. And if you want a deeper walk with Christ, amen? Now, before I dated Tina, she was my friend. But once she, there came a point in the relationship where we had to decide, are we just going to be friends or do I want to be deeper involved with this woman? The relationship was at a crossroads. I'm telling you, some of us in our walk with God, we're at a crossroads where we'll either go deeper or we'll keep it shallow. Amen? I love, I've got a friend in Jesus, but I also love where he says uh, 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 that a brother was born for adversity, but, but he goes on, he says, but what? He, said, uh, he says, a friend sticks together at all times, but a brother was born for adversity. What is he saying by that? He's saying, look, I, I want, I'm glad I'm your friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Beautiful song, but I'm here to tell you, if you kept it as friends, God's saying, I'm wanting you to realize I didn't want you just to be my friend. I called you to be my son. I I called you to be my daughter. I called you to be in a relationship with me. And that takes you launching into deeper things. Amen. And this is no offense, but if, if, if your favorite Bible verse is, is John 3.16, that's good. That's good, but God's wanting you to watch it launch into deeper things. I'm telling you. He's wanting you to experience God on a deeper, deeper level. You and I are called to deeper things. Amen. So the first thing that Peter had to do is launch out into deeper water. When we make ourselves available to him, even small things, he will lead us, with the small things, he will lead us into deeper and greater things. In other words, you give him what you got. Amen. You have to give God what you have in your possession. So many times we're waiting for something else to become in our possession. We're going to get there. Hold on. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Remember Peter, uh, and again, I'm going to say this very loosely because I, uh, you got to understand, by religious standards, by religious standards, okay, uh, according to the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees of that day, Peter was an uneducated man, okay? He was not considered. Now, don't mark uneducated as not, uh, as, as, as not intelligent, okay? They're not the same thing. Just because I know a lot of people never finish grade school that are that are very intelligent people very wealthy intelligent people I know a lot of people like that so just because they don't have the degrees on the wall doesn't mean that they lack intelligence so I want to make that clear so this doesn't mean Peter was some dumb guy I think he on the contrary I think he was one of the most intelligent men you would have ever met because number one he may not have had religious training like the priests the scribes and the Pharisees but he did have training in the sense that he had his own business all right, And more than likely, what does the Bible say? He called his partners over to help him gather in to catch. We got so much here, i got to have my partners. Well, look, he, he not only had one boat, he had a fleet of boats. He had, Peter was on top of things. Peter was a smart guy. But the, by, by, by religious standards, he wasn't considered an educated man. Now, what are you saying? 
There's so many of us that we beat ourselves up at the reflection in the mirror. We look in the morning and we tell ourselves why we can't be used of God because of all of our inadequacies. And God is looking and saying, I look past your inadequacies because where you're inadequate, I make up for it. Where you fall short, I don't. In other words, if you'll start trusting me and giving me you, I'll use all that you already have. I got, in other words, some of us, we're waiting on everything to, to kind of line up. Lord, when I get ready for this or when this happens, then, then I'll do this. Lord, when, when, when all my kids get saved, I'll be faithful. I got news for you. Uh, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. You, you say, yeah, they'll all get saved. You can't. Look, you need to follow God with what you got. And when you follow God with what you got, I'm here to tell you, he'll take that little and he'll bless it and it'll do above and beyond what you could ever dream. But you've got to give it to God. So, he launched out into the deep. Remember, Peter was an uneducated man. Actually, he was the least among the followers of Jesus, they say, in a lot of ways. But don't again, he doesn't mean he was not intelligent. But because he was available, everybody say available, because he was available among them all, God taught him, trained him, used him in ministry so that at the end of this story, Peter is not just a disciple. Peter is the leader of the disciples. He's the leader of the pack. He's, he is called to be uh, literally in charge of all the rest. You see, when Peter came on the scene and gave his life totally over to the Lord, God brought him and elevated him to a place that he could be used for his purpose. And we see many, many times when Peter was going, to prayer when Peter rose up and spoke to the church and so what I'm saying is here's this man who, who just obeyed God made himself available and then we read on the, on the day of Pentecost he stands up and he preaches such a powerful message in Acts chapter 2 that 3,000 people are saved that day why? because he was available he was available and now he is, he is called one of the greatest of all the apostles because of his availability. Notice again in verses 6 and 7 that when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. Their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, both boats so that they were beginning to sink. Wouldn't you love to have seen that? Wow. This was the first time that Peter's boat, this wasn't the first time that Peter's boat was filled, or this was the first time Peter's boat was filled, but it wouldn't be the last. Because we would see that repeated in John 21. We're going to get there at the end. What is the key to Peter's success? He just had to make his boat available. But again, uh, 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 the next step was the, for Peter, first step was saying, here's my boat. The next step was saying, here's my nets. Here's my nets. All right? Look, one thing to take a joyride in the boat, but when you want to use my fishing pole, we're going to talk. Come on. Come on. Now it's getting a little bit more personal because, look, you say, oh, it was just nets. It's not just nets. That's his livelihood. No nets, no fish, no food, no family being fed. That's his livelihood. So now he's not just placing his boat in the care of the Lord. He's saying, now I want to go a little bit deeper. Since we've launched out deep, I have to give more of who I am to you. So Lord, I have to make available to you everything. My livelihood. I have to depend on you not just to get to heaven, but I have to depend on you to get through tomorrow. 
I have to depend on you to get through today. I don't know how people have made it through this time that we've been walking through without Jesus in their life. I'll tell you how they've made it. Mad, angry, upset, rioting, all kinds of fear, all kinds of things going in offshoots all over our country and our world. And when God is saying, if you would just surrender to me and make your life available to me, I'll turn what seems to be a curse into the greatest blessing you've ever seen in your life. I've had God take, take things in my life that have come that were negative, turn them around into the greatest blessings I could have ever imagined. But it starts with placing my nets in his hand. Look at somebody say, give him your nets. What was the key to Peter's success? He just had to make his boat, his nets available to the Lord. In other words, he had to give it all. He just had to yield what he had to Jesus. Amen? What he had to Jesus. If I could just get some good news from the doctor, I would be okay. If I, I would have more faith. If I could just, look, you may go a while before you ever get any good news from this world about whatever situation you're walking, walking through. But if you'll open this book, there's a ton of good news that will come into your situation when the doctor says there's no hope. I read in this book that he is the master of all things and he is the great physician. Amen? And, and when the world says, uh, you know, you got no job, I read where it says he owns the cattle of a thousand hills and that I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. When, when the world says that this relationship can't be restored, I read about a Jesus that hung on the cross and restored me to his Father. I'm here to tell you, our God can do whatever he needs to do whenever he needs to do it. You're not beyond hope. There is hope in the name of Jesus. But you've got to give him your nets. You've got to give him your nets. What, was Pete, what did Peter, the nets, Jesus didn't just tell him to use. In other words, he, he didn't just tell him to, to, to present them. He said, use them. You got to use what you have for the Lord. Amen? Let's move forward. In other words, how many of you have made plans before and they didn't just quite work out the way you planned? Anybody? <laughs> About five of us honest in the room. Anybody? <laughs> no, all my plans always work out, Pastor. Well, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm missing something there. Anybody made plans and it just didn't work out? You plan to do this, all right? You, you plan a family outing and you get there and there's a two-hour line to go see a pumpkin <laughs> yesterday for us. And you're on a narrow road and it's like you cannot find anywhere to turn around. I don't have that. You make plans. This is going to be a great day. It's going to be a family day. We're going to have a good time. We're going to go see some pumpkins. It's going to be great. No. No. Because, you know, inevitably there's a manifestation of evil spirits in the back seat. You can only do so much. Entertaining one another before it's get your feet off of me. In the name of Jesus, get your feet off of me. Then there's manifestations in the front seats. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'll be as real as you can be. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm trying to move on. 
I really am. We live the moment. It was a rough day yesterday. Amen. Thank you, Braves and Pumpkins and Bulldogs. So. You make plans. <laughs> Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 16.9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. I want you to understand Peter had his life planned out. He, was go- he had a good life fishing on the Sea of Galilee. It was a lucrative business. It was, he wasn't wealthy, but it was, it was a good business. He, he could feed his family. He could take care of his family. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, that he, he had plans but in his mind. He had his course laid out, but the Lord was ready to determine his steps. And when we become available to God, we can have it planned out. But when God steps in on the scene and says, I need your boats and I need your nets, all of a sudden he will dictate the course of our steps or the steps that weird well I'll never forget I had my plans made out and I knew what I wanted to do with my life I knew what I was going to be uh, in life and the Lord interrupted that in one semester in school and said that is not the course I've laid out for you that's not the steps I want you to take in other words I still get to stand on a sideline with football players but I'm not doing the coaching of the game I'm telling them about Jesus and I'm walking them towards Jesus and I'm talking about what you got to do to make it in life as a man that is successful Successful, not just in the world, but successful with Christ. It's a better course. Amen? It's a better step. Peter had his course laid out. Verse 5 says, and Simon uh, answered, Master, we've told all night and took nothing. You ever felt like that? Lord, I see nothing. I have prayed all night and I see no results from my prayers. Lord, I have fasted. I have sought your face, but I don't see nothing happening. I have nothing to show for it, God. Lord, I've been faithful in giving. I've been faithful in tithing, but yet we still can't seem to pay the bills. And you said that, Lord, I needed to be faithful in this. Lord, I I, I look and, Lord, you said you'd heal the sick, and I prayed for my loved one over and over and over again, and I don't even see the symptoms changing. Got nothing. Oh, God, help us preach this this morning. Oh, if you don't like real, you're in the wrong building. Or you chan- you're on the wrong channel on YouTube. Master, we told all night and we took nothing. Did you hear the frustration in that? Master, we have worked. You don't understand. Maybe you just arrived. Maybe you just got out of bed and you're rested. I worked all night and nothing. You know, Peter could have been this way. Who are you to strut up to my boat? Get in my boat without permission and then ask me for my nets to go fishing when I've done this all night and I got nothing. He could have taken that attitude with Jesus and unfortunately there's a lot of people taking that attitude with Jesus. Why didn't you show up when you said you would? Now I got nothing. You said if I would go be faithful to you, you'd be faithful to me. I don't see your faithfulness. So I'm not going to church no more. I'm going to punish you, Jesus. Come on. People sitting at home right now thinking they're punishing Jesus and they don't realize they're punishing themselves. 
because they're missing out on the joy of the Lord and the connection of family. You're going to show him something. I told all night. Kind of sounds like Martha, doesn't it? Mary and Martha's brother dies and sounds like them, doesn't it? Lord, if you'd just been here, our brother would be alive. If you'd have answered the prayer when, when, when we ask you to and how we ask you to do it. But what does he tell them? He says, I'm glad I wasn't there for your sake. That you might see the glory of God. You see, God's timing is perfect timing. And when he shows up, it's at the right time and at the right moment so that the maximum glory might be given to God and not to man. He shows up and he says, you told all night? <laughs> he says, we've told all night, we got nothing. But I love what Peter says, and this is why Peter would be elevated to the place that he was later on in his walk with God. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. Not because I see it, not because I think we're going to catch any fish, just because you've asked me to do it and it's you. Some of us would see a miracle in our lives and in our families if we would just say yes to the Lord and quit fighting Him on things. And when He says to do something that doesn't, in other words, go make the apology and see God heal the relationship. God, I've tried that and I've got nothing. Do it again. Let down your, oh, at your word. And the Bible says that the fish were so great, the nets began to break. I don't see the sense in it, but I'll go, I'll do it because you said so. It doesn't make much sense to me, Lord, but I'll, I'll go make the phone call or I'll go knock on the door. Lord, it doesn't make sense for me, but I'll write out the card and I'll mail it. Lord, it doesn't make sense to me. Because it looks like they've got all their needs met, but you're telling me to go and give anyway. I'm going to go do it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the story is revealed and there's a catch that is greater than you can imagine. A blessing that is greater than you can imagine. Just because you did it at his word. In other words, fast forward in Peter's life. At the times God would use and astonish him because he just used that same phrase over and over again. At your word. At your word. See God, I made myself available to you, so at your word. You see God, I made you a promise, so at your word. I'll let down my nets. I've got nothing in the past, but at your word I'll do it now. I will ask you today, are your nets available? Is your business, your job, your career, your family, your relationships available to the Lord? Our nets can become a hindrance for the service of the Lord if we don't put them in God's hands. Come on. If you don't put them in God's hands, they can become a hindrance for you. In other words, you will be amazed at what God can do with your nets if you make them available for His use. The last thing I want to share with you is that Peter... Life was available for Jesus. And so also were James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon and Jesus. They, uh, and Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. 
And they had brought their boats to the land and left them everything they followed there. Notice in the story that it was a total surrender of Peter that led to a total surrender of the others. Your life makes a difference with somebody. And somebody's watching you. You say, well, I know a lot of people watch me. They're looking for me to mess up. Somebody's watching for you to succeed so that they can succeed. You know what? If, if they can say yes to Jesus, maybe I can. If they can follow Jesus, maybe I can. If they can live a life that's righteous before the Lord, maybe I can. Somebody is ready to follow. They gave everything to Jesus. They abandoned all they had to the Lord. Will you stand? Fast forward to John 21. Jesus has been crucified. He has been resurrected. He tells the women to tell the disciples that he'll meet them at the sea of Galilee. There's a scheduled appointment. I will be available at the Sea of Galilee. So they go. And when they get there in John 21, evidently Jesus didn't show up as quickly as they thought he should. Because Peter looks at the disciples and he says, well, I don't know about you boys, I'm going fishing. I'm going to go back to that which I'm comfortable doing. I'm going to go back to that which I'm familiar with. Now, I know he's resurrected. I know he's alive, but I'm, I'm going fishing. But there's some similarities but some differences in these stories. You see, in the first story, Peter told him, or Jesus told Peter to go out deep, to launch out deep for the catch. In this story, he was 100 yards offshore. The similarities are they had told all night long. Isn't it amazing that Jesus began with Peter one way and he begins again anew? after his denial of him, the same way. You see, because this is going to be his first encounter since he denied him. And how does he encounter him? The same way he first encountered him. How do I get back to Jesus today, Phil? The same way you did the first time, the old rugged cross. The same way you did the first time, meeting him at the altar and saying, I'm tired of living my life my way I'm available not just the parts that are pretty and usable in my eyes but the parts of me that I don't think can be used I give it all and I ask you to use me I ask you to take my life and use it for your glory so what does this tell me Shallow or deep, Jesus is still calling to you. Wherever you're at in your walk, God is calling to you. I believe we're we are poised for such a great move of God if we'll respond. One of those things we have to respond to, listen to me, is we've got to quit limiting what we're going to give to the Lord. You got me on Sundays, Lord, but you don't have me any other day of the week. 
I'm going to say this for free. If you're flirting with your old life, you better not quit. You better quit. You better quit. It'll pull you back in before you know it in an instant. And you'll be looking saying, how did I get back to this place when I said I never would? The only way you stay out of that place is to stay available and open to the Lord. Everyone in this room, God can use greatly. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. It just takes you saying, here I am. When I was a kid, I was pretty shy. I know it's hard to believe, but I was. I didn't talk a whole lot, except for the people I really knew well. When my dad pastored this church, most of the people thought my face looked like my mom's knee because I hid behind it most of the time. When I was a freshman in college and the Lord began to deal with me about preaching I was like I think you got the wrong number because I, I don't see myself doing that I don't see myself able to do that God I just, just don't see it and God speaks so profoundly and he says I see in you the things you don't see I equip you to do the things you don't have the ability to do. All I'm asking you to do is to be available. Never saw myself traveling as a missionary. Never saw myself getting to pastor a church or being a pastor of a church. Never never could envision those things in my life. And I'll just be honest with you. When you grow up in a pastor's home, you see a lot of negative in ministry. And you don't want that. That's just truth. But I pray my kids have seen the good. That if the master calls them to ministry, they will say yes without hesitation. I'm telling you, I saw a lot of good. Don't get me wrong, but I saw the bad. I never said I wouldn't, but I never said I would. You ever heard that statement? Don't ever say never because God will make you do it then. I got news for you. If it's good for you, he's going to make you do it anyway. So you might as well just say yes because he's a loving father. So if you're in this room today while every head is bowed, every eye closed, and I'm not going to call you down, but if you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor, I have made so many excuses. I I see all the reasons I can't be used of God. I see all the reasons why this won't succeed. I, I see all the reasons why the relationship can't heal. I see all the reasons why, God, I can't go forward from where I'm at. God, I just see it all spelled out. But Lord, today I hear you saying, let me get in the boat and give me ownership of your life. Surrender to me. Be available to me. And all of a sudden I realize it's not about my abilities and my inabilities. It's about my availability. If that's you and you feel that in your heart right now, I just want you to slip up your hand. I need to be available to God. I haven't been like I wanted to be and I need to be available. Come on. some of There's others. You need to slip your hand up. I want to be available to the Lord. I want to be used of the Lord. And I don't know how He's going to use me, but I say yes to the Lord. I give Him my nets. I give Him my boat. I surrender my life and I say, God, here I am. Use me if you can, however you want to, because you are Lord. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. 
We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you'd like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.